Welcome to a live preaching message from Lighthouse Chapel International Manhattan, New York. Lighthouse Chapel International Manhattan is the Apache branch of the Lighthouse Chapel International Churches in the United States of America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they might be. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Because you are a good, good father, and we are loved by you, and your ways are perfect, and we are grateful to you. Because from Mother's Day to Mother's Day, over more than 20 years since this church started, you have been with the mothers, and you have been with our children, and you have been with our husbands, and you have been with our families, and you have been with our sisters in Christ and our brothers in Christ. And because you are such a good, good father, this Mother's Day, we thank you, and we say we are grateful. And it is my prayer this morning that your word will bring light, and that your word will bring direction. And that you will move us forward in your kingdom. And that your kingdom will come. And that the entrance of your word will bring light. We thank you so much, our Father in heaven. Amen. 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 It's an interesting Mother's Day today because we are in the season of feeding 527. And 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 27 it's the reason why we have this season in our church. And First um, Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 27. It says, I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read unto all the holy brethren. The more modern versions make us to understand that an epistle is a letter. And um, it's supposed to be read to all the holy brethren. So Reverend explained to us that if you are in church, you are among the holy brethren. We are all holy because of the blood of Christ. Nobody is holy for any other reason. Nobody is holy because of the environment you were raised in. Nobody is holy because of your character alone. Everybody is holy because Jesus Christ shed his blood for them. So um, the letter is written to us and in the, all of the bishop's books, he has written to us. He has explained the word to us. He has brought revelation and thrown light on the scriptures. And so for some of this service, I will be sharing from the book, The Art of Ministry. Um, the young man at the back, I think, I think this service, I'm allowed 45 minutes. So if you start me at 30, it is not easy to do feeding five to seven and uh, Mother's Day at the same time. So kindly start me from 45. I promise you, thank you very much. Thank you. Amen. Otherwise, next time it's Mother's Day, I'll make you preach. Amen. Amen. So, this so today I'm going to be sharing from chapter 3 of the Art of Ministry. And then, with God's help, I will read some scriptures from the Bible about mothers and then we will end the service. And the young man is doing his work very well. You don't have to worry. We are not going beyond 45 minutes. If we go beyond 45 minutes, you just have to 
say, Lady Pastor, you promised, and then I'll sit down. Amen. Amen. So I'm reading from chapter 3. It says what it means to work worthy of, to walk worthy of your calling. What it means to walk worthy of your calling. And it is taken from the verse in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1, which says that, Walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. Walk in a manner. So let me, let me read this. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1 in the King James Version. It says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. A more reader-friendly version, please. The NASB, the NIV, okay. Walk in a manner, let me read from the book, worthy of the calling. Of, therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in the manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. It is Mother's Day today, but every mother here is a Christian or should become a Christian sooner rather than later. In the Bible, the Bible talks about the fact that some people are closer to the kingdom than others because being close to the kingdom is not a physical distance thing. It's a spiritual distance thing. So sometimes some people look as though they are very close to the kingdom or they are in the kingdom, but they are not. And sometimes some people look as though they are far from the kingdom, but they are the ones who are closer. Because, you see, God sees differently from the way you and I see. So this morning, even though it's Mother's Day, don't be worried about the fact that we are not sharing a traditional Mother's Day message right away. But think of the fact that as a mother, physical, spiritual, biological, However you are a mother, think about the fact that you, can, you are a Christian and every, every word of God and every letter the bishop has written should make you a better person. The thing about becoming a better Christian is that it will also make you a better mother. No matter how great a mother you think you are, and um, you, should ask, you should check with your children whether they think you are as great as you think you are. You get, you get what I'm saying? Because mothering is like one of those things like... It's like being a husband or being a wife. You can't be walking around saying, I'm a, I'm a great wife, I'm a great wife. It's your husband who has to say that you're a great wife. And then you can't be walking around saying that I'm a, I'm, the, I'm a great husband, I'm a great husband. It's your wife who has to say that you're a great husband because she's the one you are married to. It doesn't matter when it comes to being a husband. Other people can say that you are a great whatever you do. Uh, you're a great engineer or you're a great this. But if you're married to someone in a Christian marriage because you're not a Muslim, you don't have, how many are they allowed to have? Four, right? So if you are a Muslim, maybe, maybe the second wife thinks that you are a great husband, but the other, other person doesn't think so. But if you are a Christian, since you are allowed only one, it depends what your, your spouse says about you. And I just want to say this, that we want to, you, you, when you are saying that I'm a great mom, the better a Christian you become, the better a mother you will be. The better, the thing about Christianity is that the Bible says that godliness is profitable unto all things. It means that godliness is profitable to being a mother. It means that godliness is profitable to being single. It means that godliness is profitable to being a husband. Don't yawn so early. No, but please, try hard. Don't yawn so early. These days I don't preach often, so it's already taking a lot to do the preaching. You get me? Because when you don't do something, when you start yawning so early, then I'm wondering, should I sit down? Should I continue? You get, you get what I'm saying? Hey. So don't, 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 don't try, try hard not to yawn so early. 
there's more than one person who worked the whole night. And the person who is you only, you did not work the whole night. I, I happen to know. So, try hard. Try hard. It's too early to start yawning. Otherwise, I'll, I can easily give you the microphone. <laughs> it's, too, it's too early. Where, where, was, where was I? Where, where was I? Where was I? Godliness is profitable unto all things. So any message that makes us a better Christian will invariably make you a better, better at anything you do. Whether you're a student, whatever you do. A footballer, you know, recently I was told that somebody's beloved was an international footballer and I was quite fascinated by the story. It's a footballer in, um, is it, um, where, where was the country? One of the European countries. And um, this lady, I think he's, he's a footballer in France, I think it's France, Nice, somewhere. You get me? So people have fascinating beloveds in the system. No? Foot, foot, footballers from France. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1 Walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. You see, and I was explaining in the first service that Paul is trying to say that sometimes we behave in ways which people don't expect of us. So that, for example, when we say that someone is an adult in, in various countries in the world, an adult is someone who is 18 years old. In some places, you have to be 21. In this country, in some states, you have to be 21 to go into a bar and buy alcohol. So college students forge IDs because depending on, I was telling them, the kind of face you have, you were born with it, it's not your fault. Some people look younger than they really are. Some people look older than they really are. And some people look what they really are. You get what I'm saying? So depending on the look on your face, somebody may say, you don't look 21, so I'm not allowing you to buy the alcohol. Or isn't that what happens? Don't look at me as though you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you don't look as though you have never tried to pass off your age as older. You get me? I mean, some of you know exactly what it means to try to pass yourself off as older. What you realize is that at a point, you, you wish somebody thought you were younger. You see, so... Walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. So I was saying in the first series that sometimes as adult mothers, sometimes we feel so sorry for ourselves and we cry so much. You get me? And somebody has to tap you on the shoulder and tell you that, look, as soon as you have a baby, the crying has to go down. Because the baby, you confuse the children in the house. There's a baby in the house. There's a toddler in the house. There's an elementary school kid in the house. There's a middle school kid in the house. And you, the mother, you are crying because you are not happy. As you are crying, what are the children supposed to think? You confuse them. You create psychological problems for children when you are a mother. I'm not talking about maybe your mother has died or maybe your father has died. That's a different once-in-a-lifetime occurrence. But when you are a mother who you like to cry, when you were growing up, they used to say, my mother used to say, Yafolo in my language means cry baby. You get me? Yafolo. I mean, everything you cry. Everything you cry. So my mother used to say, don't, don't, don't even start. The crying won't change the list of chores. You get me? Nothing you do will change what I'm talking about. Yafolo. You, you, you can't be a Yafolo when you are an adult. Because when people, you are confusing your children. You see, and there are some of us all, this person is an adult. When you like crying as an adult, you are an adult who behaves like um, a child. 
So you are not worthy of the calling as an adult. You are called a grown-up, but you don't behave like a grown-up. Or you are a teenager. And at a certain age, for those of us who grew up in another part of the world and went to boarding schools, by the time we were 10 and 11, we could lay a bed and turn corners. So it is actually amazing to us how many teenagers in this country cannot seem to get the simple concept of laying a bed. Because you see, where we come from, Apostle Joel made this statement and it's very true. Everything your parents forget to teach you, the housemistress in your secondary school, she doesn't mind teaching you. The seniors too, they don't mind teaching you. Between the seniors and the housemistresses and the housemaster, everything your parents forgot, you will learn within a month of arriving in the school. You will learn it. I had a housemistress. She spoke my language very well and she spoke tree very well. And there was a gutter in front of the first house I was in, in Ibri Girls. And the gutter didn't smell very good. And for some reason, the youngest girl in the class, I was given the job of sweeping the gutter. And I remember I was holding the broom like, because there was no gutter like that around my house. I was holding the broom. I didn't know where to hold. I didn't know where to touch. She said, she called, she mentioned my name and she knew by my last name where I came from. So after saying it in English and I was still holding the thing like that, she changed to my local language. She said, I said, hold the broom this way. Now the whole thing must sweep the whole gutter like that. Because I could sweep, but I was used to sweeping nice places. You get me? I couldn't sweep a gutter. Uh -huh. So she told me, you will finish sweeping this thing before the bell goes, or you will stay here the whole day. And when, the kind of gutter that when you are sweeping, the smell rises up and you are completely nauseated because you haven't had the experience before. She was completely unmoved. She stood there till I swept. When I, I was crying, I was sweeping, I felt like throwing up. She, didn't, she wasn't moved at all. She didn't shout. She didn't raise her voice. You will sweep it. Everything you forget. I told you the house mistresses. So when Apostle Joe said it, I remember that woman. You will, within a month, your locker will be neat, your bed will be made, your things will be washed. Anything your parents forgot. Everything your parents forgot. Is it and 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 because they will make you if you have come to secondary school. Because what has happened is that your common entrance grade, the exam you took, is high enough to come. But your social and your other sides are not behaving like somebody who should be in secondary school. They will correct everything. Within a month, you won't have a problem. You will do everything you're supposed to do. Because you are not working worthy of a secondary school girl. So as Christians too, there is behavior that Paul expects as he is in prison for the gospel. You are a free person. And you must still walk worthy. Because we haven't been to prison for the gospel like Paul. But there's still behavior expected of Christians. So sometimes we must ask ourselves, is my behavior worthy of a Christian? My behavior, the way I'm complaining about everything. You get me? You complain about everything to do with the church. We don't complain about things to do with the rest of life. But after the church, we will complain. It says you must walk and then when you understand the first thing that you must, the, one of the things that makes it easy to walk worthy of your calling, to walk worthy of being a Christian, to walk worthy of being a secondary school, school student, to walk worthy 
of being a high school, secondary school is high school, for those of you who I'm confusing because of my, 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 my background. So, 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 <laughs> so if I'm confusing you because of my background, then secondary school is high school. So if you want to work worthy of your calling, one of the things that makes it easier is when you understand why you must work worthy. Because when you, all of us, when we understand something, because you see, as soon as you realize when you are 11 years old in that school, you have classmates who are 14, you have classmates who are 15. I had a friend, she was 11, like, no, she was 12, I think. She was a year older. But she went to boarding school from the time she was six. So even though she was 11, yeah, she, there were some boarding schools in Ghana like that. She was a veteran in the boarding. You get me? When her parents are driving off, she doesn't stand there and cry. When they say she should hold the broom, she can hold the broom. She wasn't like the 15-year-olds, but she was a veteran in boarding. She said, so when we asked her, I said, ah, you had only 12. She said, I started going to boarding school at six. All the crying that has to be cried because of the boarding school, she had already cried. She was, and they used to divide us into, if it's about, I think, 100 girls. So they put, group us in classes of three according to age. So she was one of the older ones in our class, which was the class of the youngest girls. She was always the class prefect because she knew what she was doing in the boarding school. She was easily the class prefect. When you are now trying to struggle with your bucket of water from the well, she has finished long time. And her, and her parents were not poor. She had, her father was actually a very wealthy man. She just went to boarding school from the age of six. So she was a veteran. So somebody can be your age, you can start being a Christian at the same time as someone, but the person behaves much better than you. You get me? Because it's not, it's not just a matter. She was, I think she's just about a year older than me. But she was, and so, because some of the other people, you say, oh, this person is 15 before she came. The whole person, she said, mama, she herself, she said, mama already. <laughs> she said, mama, she has arrived in the school, always giving everybody instructions. My friend was not like that. She's, she's not, if, if, if you are not her friend, she won't tell you what to do and all that. But she was mature for 12. She was very mature. You see, so sometimes you have to look around you and somebody else is working better than you are working as a Christian and copy what the person is doing and find what the person does that enables the person to be a much better Christian. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. We want to understand why we work worthy. You will find that any Christian who behaves well has an understanding of why they must walk worthy of the calling of being a Christian. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. Seeing we have this ministry, every Christian has a ministry. Every Christian has something you can do for God. It may not be a pulpit ministry like Serena's. It may not be a pulpit ministry like Pastor Davis's. It may not be a pulpit ministry like Lady Pastor Anita's, but it is a ministry. Maybe you are always upstairs teaching the children. Maybe you, are, you, you, are, you help keep this place looking spotless, looking decent. Whatever it is you do in the house of God, you, it's your ministry. It's your calling. And Reverend was preaching to us last week about how the art of something means that you can do it well. You and I know that everything we do, we can do it, you can take it to World Cup level, like Bishop said, or you can do it as though we are playing the local, local league. You, 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 get, you get what I'm saying? There are some things when people are doing, you know, this person is local. It's a local league. 
He's not, going, he's not about to go anywhere with what he's doing. I don't know how to play soccer. I mean, apart from fooling around, I mean, with kids, as, as, as kids. I grew up in the middle of nowhere. Television was... The television in Africa in the days I was growing up, it's black and white. It starts around 6 p.m. A lot of it is educational or political. There wasn't much to watch on it. I think if, if I remember right, there was one TV program for children. It was an old, I mean, I've I, I, I forgotten his name, but he had one program for children that I can remember growing up, before I turned 11, 12. So when I get to Accra these days, some of the children there, they watch more TV than the children here. I'm telling you, I mean, some of them are more spoiled than the children here. Some of the children, yeah, depending on how wealthy their parents are, some of them are more spoiled than the children here. Some of them spend more time watching TV than the children here. So, if you want to walk worthy of your calling, you, 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 want to, you want to understand, just understand, why am I doing this? When you understand it, it's a, you, because you have a ministry, understand that you have a ministry. And then now that you understand it, it helps. Now, if you, are, if you understand that it's a privilege to be chosen by God, and God, Christ has shed his blood for me, and you have friends and relatives who do not uh, know Christ, Sometimes, recently, I heard that a relative of mine had died in D.C. And I wondered, I wondered, I wondered, is he a, was he a Christian? Did he ever give his life to Christ? Did, did this happen? Did this happen? Not somebody I've seen too often lately. So I just wondered, what, what happened to him? But when you understand the reason, you see, for most of us, when you understand the reason why you are in college, is you are there so that you can get a better job. So you want a six-figure salary. You get me? And you want a six figure. So since you understand why you are there, you do anything to get a good degree. Anything. And I mean anything. A lot of people will do anything. I went to school with uh, uh, some young ladies in my class. They were accused of, they got very high marks. And they were accused of knowing which professor to sleep with. You can't prove it, but the person is in the class. And everybody knows that she's not, she, she's not that bright. But her, her scores are always very high. And she's getting, yeah, I mean, things, I mean, and, and, it's a rumor. You can't see it's a rumor. You can't prove it. But the person is very, very. Her scores don't match her, even her, 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 her answering questions in the class. You get me? We are we are all there with you in the class. We know what you know and we know what you don't know. We know what, what you can say in that. You know, in the class. You know the thing about classmates is that we all your peer group. Eh, they are never deceived. You can deceive the boss, or you can deceive the pastor, the senior pastor, or you can deceive any pastor. But the people who are your peers in the church, they know you. They know you. They know whether you always come early or whether you appear early just before Reverend comes and then Reverend is the one who thinks that you come early. So the day Reverend makes the... The day Reverend changes his schedule and he arrives a little earlier than usual, then you see that, hey! But you see, it's Reverend who is now discovering that this is when you actually come. Your peers in the church, they know. So in the class, we know that this girl, she ain't that bright. As one of my friends used to say, at, at, if, if any, I mean, for nothing at all, she's not much better than us. So this grade, we doubt it. You get me? So, 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 so what they are, your peers know. But when you understand why you are there, you will do anything to get a grade. And, and you must be honest as a Christian. You shouldn't do what this person was rumored to be doing. You get me? She knew which of the professors were some way. They're teaching assistants. She was friends with funny people. Hey, when you see her grade, you say, ah, this girl. But it's her grade. It's on paper. You can't change it. 
if you like, go and ask her, how did she get it? See whether you can do what she's doing. Otherwise, you have to do what you are supposed to do. So, I remember, I was telling them in the first service, I remember there was a very difficult exam when I was in second year in the law of property. And I wasn't good at property. For some reason, I couldn't get a handle on it. I could get a handle on most other things, but that one. And there was a very bad boy in the class called Sospan. My, one of my friends said he was blue-black. And he used to crack the most obscene jokes. And, and he, he had a, the answer to a question. And everybody knew that he, he said he had it. And he had gotten, I don't know where he got it from. He's also one of these people, he always can go and find answers. And he said the question is, they said the question was coming. And I wasn't good at the topic. And the question had been answered already. About three pages of essay. So he said, I said he should give it to me. I had never spoken to him before. I just know him from the distance. Always cracking up, seeing jokes. When you pass, you make a comment. We, and my friends from my school, we don't talk to him. We, we, it's not somebody we talk to. So that day, my friend, my friend said, who will ask him? And since I didn't want to fail, I mean, I don't mind. I'll go and ask. When I asked him, he said, I should come to Commonwealth Hall. Commonwealth Hall. I had been there very few times with Bishop Adi on follow-up. I can't even go and tell Bishop Adi that I, Bishop Adi will say, just forget about it. Don't go, whatever. And he said, I shouldn't come early. I should come in the night. But because I understood that I needed to pass the exam, I told my roommate, let's go. She said, no, she won't come. But when I slept, when I went to bring it, when I slept, she read it. She said she wouldn't go. So I went. When I got there, he laughed. He told his roommate, I told you she would come. These people, the way they like their, their grade, I told, the roommate said I wouldn't come. So they had betted. He told the guy to pay him up. He said, I told you she would come. These people, the way they like their grades. This people, he meant a, a group of people. He said, all of them on the front row, they are from a certain school. The way they like their grades. told the roommate, bring my money. I told you she will come. These people, she will come. The way they like their grades, they will show up. Because I understood the importance of not failing that paper or not getting a C in it. It was important to me. When something is important to you, you will even do things that you do not usually do. I, I can never forget how much he laughed. And I was saying in the first service that about a year or two ago, that whole law school class, they created a WhatsApp site. I didn't want to be on it. And my roommate put me on it because she lives in Accra. And when she put me on it, I suddenly saw one day a lot of chatter. They say, hey, the guy had become a pastor in the UK. He, lives, he has a sizable church in the UK. And the other boys were screaming on the line. And they said he was coming to Ghana to bury his mom. And they were having this um, uh, celebration for him at Golden Tulip. And he said, no alcohol, no this. One of the guys said, he in particular, he can never say no alcohol. He can never give them. <laughs> you see, and the talking went back and forth. And I realized that, you see, in heaven, we are going to get a lot of surprises. I can be sitting here upset at a lot of things in my denomination. Why am I being asked to do this? Why did they say I should write this exam? Why did they? So at a point, you are so upset with everything that you are not even serving God. You are not walking worthy of your calling. Now, this is somebody who was cracking obscene jokes 20-something years ago. And he is pastoring a sizable congregation in the... I hear, they said he came to the function at the hotel in Ghana in a collar. And he was preaching and he was talking and he was still the same jovial person he has always been. When the others teased him, he's not shy. Because he's not a shy person. You get, you get what I'm saying? He was never a shy person. But he has transformed. And when you understand why God has called you, when you understand that it is, it is a mercy, you won't let anything stop you from serving God the way only you can. You won't. 
You won't. You won't do that. You won't do that. The other thing about walking worthy is that you, the other reason why you must walk worthy is that you have a limited season of opportunity. A limited season. Numbers chapter 8, verse 24 to 25. In the New American Standard Bible, it says, this is it, that belongeth, this is what applies to the Levites. From 25 years old and upward, they shall enter to perform in this work of the tent of meeting. From 25 years old up, upwards. But at the age of 50 years, they shall retire from service in the work and not work anymore. So about five or six years ago, I've forgotten which one it is, but they came up with a term in the lighthouse among the pastors, superannuation. And when you turn 50, you were supposed to be superannuated and given lighter duties. Maybe six, seven years ago. So, since we were not near 50, we were okay. Then about two years ago, Dr. Caroline called me. She said, do I know that they have canceled the superannuation? And she, no, she didn't know. And I told her that they have canceled. She said, ah, we are almost there. We are almost there. Lighter duties. Lighter duties. I, I told her that Caroline has been canceled. She said, no, 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 no. It cannot be canceled. When they allow people like jo, Reverend Joe to be superannuated, she too, she will be superannuated. Because from the age of 50, it is scripture. So, but later on then, we were preached to, we were told that it is a privilege. And I realized that you are 50 plus, and they are still allowing you to work in the house of God. But those of you who feel as though you are far away from 50, look, everybody has felt very far away from 50 before. <laughs> very, 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 very far away. I was telling them how I was always, I told you I was the youngest in my class in my first school. Then I moved to another school, and even in that other school for sixth form, there were only about three or four people younger than me. So I'm used to being, you know, as one of my sons used to say, I'm the baby in the house. Yeah, I used to being the baby in the house and the baby in the class. And even though you don't say so, you like being that. Then I came here, and um, there was a lady in the church called Sally. And Sally asked me when I left Legon. When, she, when I told her, she laughed and laughed and laughed. And I said, Sally, what is funny? She said, I think the year I left Legon, she was in elementary school. Or, then I realized that, you know, hey, where I've come, I'm not young at all. <laughs> I, you know, she, because suddenly you have become one of the older women in the room without intending to be. It, 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 it changes suddenly. You get me? So you don't have that, none of us has that long of a time, of a while, of time to serve the Lord. Don't assume that, as for me, I'm the kind of Christian that, as for 70 years, by all means, as we have lived here, we have buried people who were in the upper room with us. We have buried people we went to pastor's meetings with. We have heard of people passing that we did not expect to pass away. We have prayed that people will not die who have died. I mean, a lot of things have happened in the space of 22, 23 years. You see, so whatever your age, just know that there is a limit. There is a limit. And it's a privilege to work for God. And so whilst you have the time, the Bible says, I must work the works of him that sent me whilst it is day. Because night comes in various forms for everybody. I remember living in Accra and being in a church meeting after I started working as a lawyer, being in a church meeting every single day apart from Monday. Then I came here. There was a time when even when they are doing pastoral training, I had kids. Bishop would be in my house and when he's leaving, he said, no, I don't want your children to make noise. You get me? So you can't even go for the pastoral training. 
everybody you left behind has become a pastor. People younger than you here are becoming pastors. And you can't be made a pastor because you can't bring your toddlers into the meeting. Night has come. Night comes in various ways. So whilst you have time to serve the Lord, whilst there's an opportunity to do something for God, do it. And when you are doing it, do it heartily. Do it with might. As unto the Lord and not as unto men. That's the other thing. Sometimes we want to serve God as though we are doing it for someone. If you get angry, okay, if they, they, if they, they say this again and somebody says this again and somebody says this again, who are you serving? God or the person? You are serving God. Do the thing as though you are doing it for God. Lady Pastor Lily of Blessed Memory, she used to say, when that, she, she used to say this. She used to say that the thing, it is God's work. Let everybody do it as they like. It is God's work. It is God's work. At a point, you should get tired of talking too much to certain people. It is God's work. However you like, do it. When you are paying your tithe, it is God you are paying it to. However you like, pay it. You get me? You are following up people. However you like, do it. When you see mommy's email, even me, sometimes mommy's email, it annoys me. Because the people that she is asking me to call, when I call them, they don't pick up. How many times can I call the same people who don't pick up? Every week, mommy will send the same email. Then she will send again. Then she will send again. It is God's work. If you like, call the people. If you like, don't call them. It's not, you, you get me? You're not doing it for reverend. I'm not doing it for the person who has been asked to send the email. It is God's work. If you are going to do it, do it. It's, you get me? So, the other thing is this. You must walk worthy because the great grace of God has worked for you. Please, I'm a little, I don't know where I am time-wise. Okay. So, you must walk worthy because the grace of God has worked for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Uh, the NASB, please. The NASB, please. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me did not prove vain. But I labored even more than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God with me. Paul was always aware of the fact that there are some of us who, when we are doing well in the church of God, we like to compare ourselves with others. The Bible says, and they comparing themselves with one another are not wise. If you are a stronger Christian than someone, it's by the grace of God. Don't ever use the word better. If you are doing what you should do in the house of God, it's by the grace of God. If your children behave better than somebody else's children, it's by the grace of God. It's by the grace of God. It's by, if you think about it like that, you will not boast. Because we are not supposed to boast of anything other than of knowing God himself. That's the only thing we are supposed to boast about. There is too much comparison in the house of God sometimes. Listen, when God gave out talents, when Jesus told the parable of the talents, you, even when you look around a normal classroom, it doesn't take long. By the time you are 14, you should know that the fingers are not equal. There are some people, even if you sleep four hours a day, you will never get a better grade than them. The sooner you figure it out, the better. 
I, I have this friend in Atlanta, she's a doctor. We figured it out very early. By the time we were 13, we said, this girl, nobody can pass her. She's a doctor, she lives on Long Island. Nobody, we, we ourselves, I remember the day we were sitting in our classroom, we said, no, because we had been trying for a while. We had been trying, we had been tried in from one, we didn't, nobody, we didn't get, we got closer. We tried in from two, we got a little closer. Then we tried in from three, by from three we said, nobody can pass it. Truly, nobody ever passed it. Every single term, five years, she was top. She was the kind of person she could do science and she could do arts. To this day, even in medical school, when they say some of the girls from the girls' schools are failing, I, I told you stop people that not that girl. There's nothing she can fail. She was what one of my nieces here calls crazy smart. You know, it's not, we're not talking hardworking smart. She was smart, smart, smart. And she didn't, she doesn't make it look difficult. You know, some people when they are studying, Lady Reverend used to say in college that some people, they look like books. <laughs> she said the medical school girls, they look like books. And we would laugh so much because medical school is tough everywhere in the world. And the girls look, tend to look more harassed than people like your Reverend Osei over here. You get me? He never used to look harassed. I used to wonder, ah, this person, I mean, he's always excited. He's always going somewhere. Person never looks harassed. Never. He and his friends will be talking about how they are naturally smart. Ah, these people, they feel very cute. And the girls in the class always looking harassed. Always. Because women, when, when something is difficult, we easily show it. And some, sometimes too, you have actually picked a course that is too difficult for you. One of the things I always pray for my children is that nobody should pick up something they can't handle. Because some people, sometimes your problem is that the class you have put yourself into, it is a little above your pay grade genetically. <laughs> because there is smarts and then there is smarter, and then there is smartest, and then there is crazy smart. It's a different level. No matter what you do to the person, the person does well. If you follow the person to go and watch a, a match at the stadium, as some of Reverend's friends used to follow him, it's a big mistake. A person has enough energy and whatever to come from the stadium with you, you will be exhausted, then you will sleep. He's now about to open his physics book. When you see his grades, you will be, because life is like, you see, we are, the fingers are not equal. That's what I'm trying to say. People are not the same. So the fact that somebody can do something doesn't mean that you can do it with the same results. Even in life, people have different levels of energy. Some people are more tired than others. Some people are never tired. Like our sister Serena here. I wonder, I wonder whether she's normal. <laughs> when she tells me where she is, and when you hear about when her day started, and the bus, and the driving, even when I think of how much Serena drives, my back starts hurting, me, myself, my back is hurting already. She's going, she's coming, she's moving. Four children, and sometimes she'll add more children. Sometimes when I see her car on her way home, I say, ah. so I, I, I joke, I say, how, how many people are going back with her today? She lives in Pennsylvania. And you see, she's, she has four children. And sometimes she's added Winnie's three. And, 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 and two relatives, and everybody's in her car. Then they are all chatting, then they are laughing. Hey, somebody cannot even handle uh, two children, it's a problem. <laughs> then somebody has worked the whole week, and then she's 
uh, as Lady Remember said, collected other children in addition to her four. But you see, if you say that I want uh, Lady Reverend and I and Lady Pastor and the others, I want them to know that I'm also a good mother. Then you already, your house, you can't handle your two children. Then because Serena is doing it, then you also come and tell people that, okay, you two, I'll take your child. I will take your child. I will take your child. You can't do it. It's not, uh, it doesn't come naturally to you. So you do what comes naturally to you and don't compare yourself with other people. And when it comes naturally to you, realize that it is a grace that God has given you. It's a grace. It's grace. Anything you do, God has given you grace. You cannot do anything without the grace that God gives you. The Bible says that, you see, God gives the talents. He gives some people two. That's how I started this part of it. Get some people two talents. Get some people, somebody five. And he gets somebody one. And when he came back, he was not angry with the person with the one talent because he gave him one talent. He was angry with him because of the laziness and the wickedness in burying the one talent. That's what he was angry about. Because, like I was saying, if somebody has five talents, like that girl that my friend and I used to try to, try to do better than, five talents, so, nothing you do can pass it. If you pass her in one subject, the thing is an average. I, my, my school is an average. So if you pass her in literature, and she's going to get a better marks than you in chemistry, physics, math, biology, and uh, ad maths, and you could only pass her literature, and she doesn't do history, where you got your other mark. And she doesn't do, um, and, and she doesn't do needlework. She, she, home, science, home science and needlework and such things. She does not do, she does not add herself to such subjects. You cannot pass her. It is an average. She is, she was born more gifted than you. In the Christian race, it's the same thing. Some, some people, what they have and what God deposited in them, is way above what he put in you. But what you have, what he will ask of you, is what you did with what he gave you. That's what he's going to ask you about. That's all he's going to ask you about. That's all he's going to ask you. So if you can teach five people every week from any of these books what you know, the Bible says that what he gave to you, you should commit to faithful people also. Maybe you can't hold international meetings like Lady Reverend. Maybe you can't moderate a service like Lady Pastor Emma. I'm always amazed at how well Lady Pastor Emma can moderate a service. Because when you are moderating a service, like what Serena was doing, in between when things don't work, you have to keep on talking. You have to keep the, the, the action moving. I don't like such things. When I get up, I need to know what I'm saying, when I'm supposed to stop, and then I need to sit down. I don't like to think of what to say when there's a gap. When Serena started singing, I was saying that, hey, it's also an ideal, but I, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. It's not my calling to, to be a moderator. If I'm moderating, Apostle Joe said that whenever I moderate a service, I, I get up, I come, I say, it's time to take the offering. Then I sit down, then I come back, then I say, it's it was a Maryland daughter, I said, Elaine, she must never be asked to moderate anything. <laughs> So, and because it's Mother's Day, I'm going to stop talking about um, the art of ministry very soon. But what I want to say is that ministry is an art. Your calling is a special thing. He shed his blood for us. So, 
let's, let's walk worthy of the calling and let's accept the fact that by the grace of God, each and every one of us is who we are. And I can't sit down without saying something about mothers because today is Mother's Day. And um, I don't have so much time to say so much, but, so I hope Ida will be kind and give me five more minutes. Ida, will you give me five more minutes? Yeah, okay. So Ida is going to give me five more minutes so I can say something about mothers. I want to um, talk very briefly about how to handle mothers because sometimes we don't handle mothers the way we should handle them. Proverbs chapter 20 verse 20 um, says, Whoso curseth his father or his mother, his lamp shall be put out in obscure darkness. Whoso curseth his father or his mother. We're going to read a few more verses in Proverbs and then I'll make a remark or two because today is Mother's Day. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 8. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 8. My son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 8. Um, can you give me the NASB please? Hear my son your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. I want to say to every mother here that you don't teach just by what you say, but you also teach by what you do. And a lot of the time, especially as our children grow older, we teach more by what you do than by what you say. You see, because as we're a two or a three-year-old, they don't know much. So everything you say, they take it at face value. But as your children grow up, they are not deceived. Your children are actually among the people who know you very, very well. So if you tell a child to be a Christian and you are only a Christian in church, the child knows. The child may not say anything, but they know. Bishop tells the story of the pastor's wife whose son said that. My mother, the only time she opens her Bible is when she's going to preach. Yeah, Bishop tells the story. And her husband was, I mean, they had a sizable ministry in the country in which they lived. And there had been a problem of some sort. And when the son rose up to speak, the things he said. So I'm saying that. He said, my mother only opens her Bible when she's going to preach. The rest of the time when she's home, she watches the telly all the time. She gossips with her friends on the phone. The child said the things we know about the people in the church because of an, it's not as though the people called her with a problem and she was counseling them. But the things we know about people in church because of our mother's mouth, a teenager talking. You see, so because you can impress a whole lot of people but the people who live with you, your spouse and your children, you can't impress them because they know you, know you. They really know you. So I just want to say to the mothers that this, what this verse is saying that there must be teaching from a mother. And not all teaching is talking. Most of us women don't have a problem with talking. We talk and we talk and then we talk and then we talk some more. Talking is not an issue. And for those of you who, very few mothers don't talk. And the thing about motherhood is that it also requires talking because it requires teaching. And 
the few mothers I have met who do not talk much, at a point they regret it. Because you say it, and then you say it, and then you say it some more, and then you make sure that you require some action. And even then, sometimes still, it's not working. Like Auntie Mama was saying, you've been talking and talking. Sometimes I wish my mother was still alive so that I could ask her, how come she could teach us to lay our beds? Because in my house, it wasn't a problem to lay your bed. But in the house I live in, I said, ah, what did I miss about my mother's instruction that I cannot insist on beds being laid before people leave the house? What did I miss about my mother's instruction that in my mother's house, when you wake up on Saturday, chores are compulsory for all and sundry. As Lady Reverend says, even with house help in the house, you work with the house help. I used to wonder that I have friends, when you go to their house, when the house help is doing work, they don't do any of it. My mother hadn't heard, didn't get that memo. You get me? So when house help is washing, you know, back in the day, for those of you who know Africa, buckets are lined up for general laundry in the back of the house. So even if the house help is starting, you are at the next bucket. Your sister is at the next bucket. And your younger sister is in the blue bucket. You get me? So we are watching, there's blue, there's soaking, and then there's first wash, then there's second wash, then there's blue, then there's clear water. Those of you who don't know blue is, it's too late. He says, he says I should stop preaching. I can't explain blue. So if you don't know what blue is, you ask the people who know what blue is. So you move like that. And you would be so upset. I used to wonder why must, even, my mother even had a way of the way that things should be hung on the line. And I used to tell her that. I used to think in my head because you can't tell her. You see, now it is our children, they tell us whatever they are thinking. But we, we couldn't say anything. I used to wonder that the thing would dry. The sun is shining from the sky. It would dry whether I hang it in this direction or in that direction. She would still leave the kitchen and come and tell you to turn all my father's underwear in a certain direction. I mean, why are we turning the underwear in that direction? But nowadays, when I can't get my children to do basic, some of the things I consider basic, I said to myself, myself, hey, I should have asked her more questions when she was around. It says, do not forsake your mother's teaching. Because of my mother, I cannot even sleep late. It's not as though I want to wake up early. I just wake up early. She did not allow a girl, her son, as for her son, he could sleep. But the rest of us, no girl must sleep and then the sun will rise. So you will wake up. You will, when I got to, that was one thing I knew before I got to secondary school. You will wake up. She will say in my language, a woman cannot sleep and then the sun has arisen. When you, you, you will wake up. When I, I, when I became a Christian and I started going to charismatic churches and all nights and stuff like that, she would say, okay, it's your choice. You went to the all nights and then you came to sleep. 3.34, no problem. Washing starts at 5. Down the west. Washing, will not, washing time will not be amended for overzealous Christians who have gone to pray the whole night. If you pray, you will wash, and you will wash at 5 a.m. It's not a problem. You say you are 21, no problem. You say you are a law student, no problem. You say you have become born again, no problem. None of those things, is, none of the above is a problem. Washing starts 5 a.m. sharp. And I had a sister who didn't go to the all night, so she will make sure, even if my mother says, oh, she just came. My sister, we can't wait for her. She chose to pray the whole night. Washing starts. 
5 a.m. sharp. It has helped me more than I can say. It helped me in secondary school. It helps me to this day. It doesn't, even if I sleep for three hours, I can wake up. It's not a problem. Any, the, the, my problem starts when I'm doing things deep into the night. I have that problem. But in the morning, whether it starts at 4 a.m., whether it starts at 3.30, you name it, I'll be there. I can be there early. It's not a problem. A mother's teachings, and it's because she was the kind of mother who didn't just say it, but she did it. It's not like she will make us wake up and then she will go back to sleep. You will see her moving, going. We used to say in our language that she doesn't like to rest and she doesn't let anybody else rest. <laughs> as soon as you see her, you know work is coming. She could put everybody to work. My cousins would come from Accra. People who live in their Porsche house, they, they have servants, they don't do anything. Oh, they will say, until Fosua's house, you will work. She doesn't mind how rich your father is. Once your parents brought you, you will work. This, that's what my, my, my cousin, my cousins, I had these cousins from Accra, they said, this house, either you are reading or you are working until you sleep. <laughs> it's two choices, you are reading or you are working. It's a mother. When you see somebody's child who is doing well, it usually has a lot to do with their mother's teachings. It has a lot to do with their mother's teachings. A mother's teachings. A mother's teachings. Do not forsake your mother's teachings. And one of the reasons why Proverbs 6.22, we don't have time to read it, but you read Proverbs 6.22. And I want to say that our mothers did better at marriage than we did. Because they had patience. They had the ability to forgive. They had the ability to let things run off their backs, like water running off a duck's back. But this modern generation of wives, hey, how we know our rights. When my friends call from Ghana, there's a, 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 an office in Ghana called Wabu, Waju, yes. The lady in charge of Waju is either my classmate or a couple years ahead of me. She said sometimes she herself, she marvels at how full of rights people are. I have another friend, she's president of FIDA. She says, I mean, sometimes when the people are talking, as a lawyer, she knows they are right, but she's wondering, can you not leave anything alone? And it's not just the world, secular world in, in Ghana. I'm not even talking about here. But it's not even just the secular world. In the church, the divorce rate is as high, if not higher sometimes, than the world. Because we marry more than the world. So as the world has stopped marrying, our divorce rate has caught up with theirs and in some places gone higher. Because we marry with rights. I know my rights. You saw the sketch. I know my rights. Nobody can tell me to cook what I will not cook. Nobody can tell me to do anything. Somebody said, look, this thing is foolishness. It is foolishness. And then Lady Reverend said to her, well, I have news for you. A lot of marriage is foolishness in that quote-unquote foolishness because you don't have the patience. One of the things I learned from my mom is that she respected marriage and she respected marriage in such a way, she said because when she was a child, she was the firstborn of a second wife of a prominent Accra businessman and she said that life, the number of times she was thrown out of her father's house by her stepmother, the number of times she couldn't go to a good school because her stepsister was going to school there. Then she, she, she would ask, my mother was funny. 
she would ask, have you seen a Ghana girl who went to St. Monica's before in my time? We, she, said, she said, have you seen a Ghana girl who goes to school in Mampon, Ashanti, before? Whose father has money? Because my sister and I, we both get got into Ashimwara school. And my stepmother says, I cannot be in the class her daughter is in. So then they bundled me up and put me on the train to Kumasi. So she said she got an understanding very, very early of the importance of not marrying somebody's husband. And she said, it's not that she didn't have office of people who were wealthier than my father, but nah, because of that, one of my relatives and even one of my sisters, she got an offer not too long ago. She's not married and she's growing older. And a boyfriend she was, who was supposed to marry her after university had said that the only reason why he can't marry her is that she doesn't come from him. A particular region of Ghana. You can, I'm sure you can guess the region. I haven't mentioned anybody's name. And when, his, when, she, when she got to the house, his mother wouldn't, even when she says hi, his mother doesn't say hi. She was living in London. And after the guy had married someone and had one child, he showed up. He said, look, you know the deal. You are the one I like. It's because of my mother. Now that I've married who she likes, you live here. Let's have kids. When I come here, I'm here. My sister said, hey, my mother will wake up from her grave. No, <laughs> cannot happen. She said it over and over again that nobody should marry someone's husband. Over and over. So even my sister doesn't go to church that much, but she has been unable to do what, and the, the person she's talking about, he has money, he's not a broke man. If she did what he said, she would be, she would be okay. But she said, my mother will wake up from her grave. My mother's teaching. So let's pray that we will teach our children something. That when we are not here, they will know that their mother's teachings. And remember that teachings is not just talking. Teaching is also doing. So on behalf of all the bishops and of Bishop Dark himself and Reverend Oster here, happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Keep standing. Wonderful. Listen, with every head bowed and every eye closed. One of the greatest gifts you can give to yourself on this Mother's Day is to give your life to the Lord. It's to be born again. It's to be saved. Please, no movement. So for a short minute, before you sit down, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to ask, search in your heart. Think about it. How will it be when the trumpet sound? So if you are here and you are not born again, you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior, I want to give you an opportunity to be born again. Your mother may love you. Your father may love you. But none can save you. So on this Mother's Day, as we have listened to this wonderful sermon, think of the greater love. The love that Jesus shed his blood on the cross for us. There is room at the cross. There is room at the cross. There is room at the cross. It's Mother's Day. 
but it's also a day of salvation. For Don't miss this opportunity. You want to be born again, please lift up your hand and I'll pray for you. You want to give your life to Christ. You want to give your you want to become a Christian. You want to give your life to Jesus this morning. Yes, there is there is room, there is room, there is room. For a few minutes, I want to give you that opportunity. For a few minutes, I want to give you that opportunity. Salvation, yes, Lord. There is room, always room at the cross. There is always room at the cross. It doesn't matter which day it is. You got to be born again. You have to be born again. You have to be born again. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for this afternoon. Thank you for mothers, but more importantly, thank you for the gift of salvation. Let none live here without being saved. In Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hand together for the Lord and be seated. Hallelujah. We hope you've been blessed. For copies of this message or other such messages, please write to us at tapesandpublications at yahoo.com. You want to give your life to Jesus this morning? Yes, there is room. There is room. There is room. There is room. For a few minutes, I want to give you that opportunity. For a few minutes, I want to give you that opportunity. Salvation, yes, Lord. There is room. There is room. Always room at the cross. There is always room at the cross. It doesn't matter which day it is. You got to be born again. You have to be born again. You have to be born again. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for this afternoon. Thank you for mothers, but more importantly, thank you for the gift of salvation. Let none live here without being saved. In Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hand together for the Lord and be seated. Hallelujah. We hope you've been blessed. For copies of this message or other such messages, please write to us at tapesandpublications at yahoo.com.